You're listening to the Opening Statements Podcast, brought to you by HyperChat Social, the podcast bringing you real lawyers and their real stories. I'm Laura. I'm Rebecca. I'm producer Evan. And this week, our guest is Hannibal Heredia, an attorney who has practiced family law almost exclusively since 1994. He is founding partner at Hedgepeth Heredia. Since 2016, he has been named one of the top 100 lawyers in Georgia by Atlanta Magazine. Yeah, yeah. And today, his most prestigious honor, he joins us on the Opening Statements podcast. Court is now in session. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. (laughs) We're thrilled to have you. We're very excited to get to know you a little bit more. To kick us off, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into law. And why it's almost exclusively yes. <laughs> family law. Yeah. Since that was way back. That's a two-parter, I think. Um, <laughs> how did I go into law? Yeah. Um, the real story is I've always been a musician, and after I got out of college, I was touring in my band, and um, I deferred my admission to law school mm. uh, without my parents knowing. And when they found out I did that, they said, well, you either go next year or you pay for it yourself. So I wasn't that stupid. I thought I say, that's a go. lot of lost school loans, right? Yeah. So I went um, because I'd always told everybody I was going to go. Yeah. Um, and then when I went there, I was like, you know, who said I have to quit playing music? So I went to law school and I did finish up, but I really didn't take it too seriously for a while. Afterwards, I kept playing music. Um, almost exclusively is for that reason. It's funny. Yeah. It kind of tied in. After 1994, um, you know, I – was in Georgia Legal Services. I didn't always do family law. I did a lot of different variety of topics. Where my emphasis was family law, so I kind of make the caveat of almost exclusively. Almost exclusively. Didn't want to, didn't want to lie. <laughs> did it to false advertising? Someone's like, "Hey, I hey. saw a, something in 1994." Okay. <laughs> I remember you on that case. That wasn't family. Yeah, law. it was you not. Liar. Uh, <laughs> so, if you weren't doing law, I guess we could probably guess what your answer would be and what you would be doing. But what would you be doing? Bowling. Bowling? Professional bowler. Yeah. Bowling? Um, I'm, you know, if you give me a few frames, I'll get pretty good at You'll it. You'll get better. Yeah. yeah. I do. I do. Like, first, it's, like, terrible. Like, the thing's going down the gutter. But, you know, so Evan, Evan may be onto something. Honestly. Yeah. That's how I play. I'm like, don't, don't. You play gutter bowling? Yeah. It's like, for the first, sport. but then I get into it. Like, eventually, no, exactly. I figure it out. No, you, and I get, like, a rhythm, and you, like, right. kind of figure it and out. And then, like, people are like, woo, that's great. Yeah. You know, and you look you're like you've been doing it for, yeah. Oh. yeah. My first couple of frames are, like. Gutter, gutter, go, gutter. Then it's like strike. I'm like, I knew I get a whole game. I try to do that with pool. With pool, it never works. Oh, I'm not like, good oh yeah. Pool. And then eventually, like an hour later, people are like, please get off this table. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sink the time. eight balls. <laughs> yeah, for the love of God. I was playing pool over New Year's at the house, and I actually kind of thought it was a trick shot. My husband was making fun of me. I made the little ball like. Do a little hoppy hop. That's a trick shot. Right? That is, I was, that's, that's legitimately a trick shot. That's, I was By like, definition. It didn't right. hit anything. <laughs> it just, okay, it just it hopped. Just, it was just a trick. <laughs> it sounds like you just hit the ball incorrectly. I think I did. <laughs> I mean, it's still a trick I, shot. I think it's what my husband was going for. He's like, that was embarrassing. Don't do that again in front of our friends. I'm like, I don't know what I did, I but it, flying, it, was it was cool. It went like, yeah. <laughs> so, so I feel you. what would you be doing? <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know if I want to be a rock star. I've learned too much about the business, but I mm. think I would love to be able to play music. But you don't get make money playing music, unfortunately, or yeah. painting, or writing, or anything so. creative. <laughs> <laughs> Any creative outlet. <laughs> God are the days of the Renaissance when people yes. used to paint and get paid for. It. All right. Um, so, thinking back to like your first case, do you recall that, and what was that like? You recall it? <laughs> Can you remember? Can you remember back? back? I don't remember. Way that back was like when? a lot of decades ago. Um, 
So it was interesting. So like I was saying, I came back. Uh, I went to law school in Los Angeles because I thought, oh, I'm going to go do entertainment law, which mm. you, you go mm. into entertainment law and you realize it's there's no law to entertainment law. Oh. Yeah, oh. It's a lot of babysitting. Ah. Okay. Uh. <laughs> yeah. No offense to entertainment lawyers, but that's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard people say that's true, you know, like the managers and stuff. Um, so I realized, well, this is all I want to do. But oh, I was, just, I was curious why not entertainment law, obviously, musician background. Yeah, I, I went out there and I, you know, I took my classes in copyright and stuff like that. But I just was like, this is like, a, especially in L.A., like this is a whole thing. Yeah. This is not, you know. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm 21. Why can't I keep playing music? So when I came back here, I was playing music and um, I'd always had interest doing public interest law. So I went down to ACLU and they gave me a case. Oh. Mm-hmm. So that's my first case. There was this, um, I think he was 18. He was really young. He was out of okay. high school. He wanted to run for mayor of Lithia Springs, which is a little city in Douglas County. Mm. And um, and he asked for help from the ACLU. And they, I forgot what the angle was, I guess, because he was trying to run for office. Yeah. So I represent him in it. I don't think I, I might have sort of had my bar license. <laughs> <laughs> Like he just maybe sort of graduated high school right, at the like, time. Yeah, and so I think like the guy who ran the executive director, uh, he's still around the scene, Jerry Weber, he's not ACLU anymore. He's a great little attorney. I think he had to sign off on these things for yeah. me. Like I was underneath his wing. But but I went to Douglas County, like which was still really rural oh my God, at the I don't time. I don't know where that is. That's like west of Atlanta. Like it's mm-hmm. Six Flags and then it's Douglas County. Then it's, oh yeah. And then it's, it's the farthest there. I've ever gone is Six Flags. Yeah, it's that <laughs> That's a slow If you keep going, show. you run into Alabama just to let you know. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Exotic. But you have to keep going. Yeah. For a while. <laughs> but uh, it was like, um, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I did it. Yeah. And Judge Emerson, who was the judge on it, just retired like a year ago. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. and I, I used to practice for him afterwards, and we always had a good rapport. And I, you know, years would go by, and you know, we would keep getting older. But, but he was my first judge. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no yeah. idea what I was doing. I tried to appeal with the Supreme Court. It was fun. I forget. I was thinking. I think I was getting paid like twenty five dollars an hour. What did you have hey. to like represent him for? So they wouldn't even. I think they wouldn't even let him on the ballot because he's so like, young. Because he was or? young, and we were like arguing that his age wasn't part of the charter of the city. It had nothing to do with right. age and. And mm-hmm. they had like their um, city attorney going against me, which was like you know some old yeah. like, country guy with a, probably like a big mustache, yeah, and dressed badly. And I hope he's still listening to his podcast. But um, <laughs> he is. But he is probably number one big, fan, big number yeah. number one listener. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> tweeting us numbers. now. Yeah. Sponsor, he's a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't even know his name was. <laughs> um, and I think that was the whole argument. And then when we lost, we appealed it, which was great. We appealed it, and I think we didn't get it. But then we refiled. And I went to file it, and they said, I said, well, which judge did I pull? And I'm like, oh, it's just random. I got the same judge. Did you really? <laughs> I had to go back in front. I'm like, hey, I'm back again. I'm back. You know you said I was wrong Relentless. last time. Like a new angle. A new angle. <laughs> Here we new are. evidence. A new angle. Um, I know I appealed you or tried to. Um, but I remember driving out there and stuff. It was, And it, again, there's like a mall out there and stuff. People moved out that way. But when I went out there, it was just. It's populated now. Yeah, it, it was is populated. <laughs> and it was corn growing. Yeah. Huh. So did yeah. he still lose it? Like, did he ever get yeah, to run? Oh. <laughs> oh, so I what's think, he doing now? Huh? What's, what's that You know, I should now? find out what his name I think his name was Ryan Smith, I think. Oh, well, that's a very generic Good luck name. with that. Yeah, really good luck. Um, I have to really dig deep through Facebook to find it. <laughs> but I don't know what he's doing now. His mom paid for it. It was, it was, yeah, it was really cool. Well, hopefully he's doing, like, some sort of, like, public service thing after... All I that. hope. I mean, I've, you know, and I, I don't know why they were so anti him being on the ballot. But yeah, I'm sure I was gonna I, say, like, until, like, just on the ballot. The you judge, know, people... 
said, no, he can't be on the ballot. For yeah. what reason? If age wasn't even. You know, this is what almost 30 years ago now, I yeah. guess, right? So I don't remember. But I think it was just basically like the, the city attorney said, you know, he's it doesn't. The charter doesn't support this. And I was like, it doesn't say that, blah, blah, blah. Right. I remember going down to like the trying to figure out how they did the charter. I mean, this again, when you're young and naive and full yeah. of yeah. enthusiasm like, and trying to right? argue stuff. and. It was great. I mean, but, no um, one probably would have voted for an 18-year-old anyway. Yeah. Just like, let it's him go like, on let it. Go on <laughs> yeah. it. Like, I, I think it was a lot of like, what is this? You know, I can't tell you definitively that he was gay or not, but I think he was. Um, and I have a funny feeling it was just, you know, just, hey, what's this kid doing? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, what's he up to? Especially way out there in the wild, wild west. Well, at that time. Yeah. At that no time. offense to Douglas County. Well, no, we love you. Love you, <laughs> Yep. Mm-hmm. You've come a long way. Going out there later. <laughs> what is your favorite thing about family law? Like, how did you navigate into that arena? And what's your passion behind it? If you have a passion behind it. Which <clears> yes, you do. Well, I hope so. I'd Let's assume so. It. Yeah. I mean, somehow. Don't do it for the money. That's <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> all the kids. Don't go to law school for the money. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. So after that experience, eventually I, I started running out of money because you know, I was waiting tables and things like that to make ends meet while I was playing in a band, as one does. And gigging, yeah. As one does. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a job at Georgia Legal Services, which is um, uh, indigent civil civil legal services for indigent clients outside okay. of Atlanta. Atlanta Legal Aid, you may have heard of them. They do the metro counties, and we mm-hmm. do everything else outside. Federally funded program. And so I did a lot of family law there. Yeah. And it was probably the one thing I could take that would actually earn an income. Mm-hmm. Because when you're representing people who are being evicted, it usually means that they can't pay their rent. Yeah. So I couldn't take that to you yeah. Know, you yeah. Know, the trade mm-hmm. or unemployment compensation. usually means they don't have a job. Yeah, right. But I learned how to do that area of law, a very finite area. Um, but uh, my first um, private practice job was working for a gentleman in Cartersville named Tony Parada. He still practices. A great guy. He's like an older brother to me. And we had a case against each other, and he knew I could speak Spanish. And so he asked me if mm-hmm. I would come you know, work for him. And, you know, the raise I got out of legal service, I was like, whoa, this is so much money. You know? Yeah. And uh, so I got into it. Um, and I think to answer your question is, um, and I think a lot of people say this, I mean, you're actually dealing with people. Yeah. You know, if you want to deal with people, if you don't want to deal with people, do not do family law. <laughs> <Makes> no. <sense. laughs> okay. So if you're like introverted and you really want to stay, keep your nose in the book. This is not, contract that's law. That's not the gig. Yeah. yeah. Just write contracts. <laughs> Something else. All day long. You know, um, be transactional, mm-hmm. you know. Um, if you don't want conflict, go do real estate law, you know, just go do the closings, right? So you're going to deal with people and deal with people's problems. And I think that's the part. I was a psychology major in college. I think uh-huh. that interest still exists mm-hmm. in time. And so it's kind of like the way people are. I mean, I've seen the worst of people, unfortunately, but um, yeah. I think that's the motivating factor. I think a lot of people would go into it. They'll tell you the same, I hope. Yeah. Makes sense. I think that is what we hear is like you're actually helping people. Like yeah. there's something different about being able to help a like a kid, you know, yeah. and help their situation. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, if you get a good client and you hear them say thank you, which is you don't get all the time. Just like criminal lawyers will say the same thing. You probably have yeah. some criminal lawyers. Mm-hmm. You don't always get all the thank yous that you should get when you're doing criminal law yeah. or family law. But when you get a thank you, it really means something. But that whole like almost exclusively thing, like I also did civil litigation um, until basically John and I started the firm in 2006. And when you're fighting over what I call, you know, like widgets, it's just not the same. No. Yeah. You know? And everyone's just throwing money at the problem. It's just not the same. There's no, it's just not the, you're just fighting the fight. Yeah. Yeah. Fighting yeah. the fight sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what are what would you say are some commonalities between you being a musician and being an attorney? Well, luckily, I've been asked that question before. Oh, well, there we go. We so. thought it was original. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have it. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I mean, I think one thing I've always told people I thought it was an advantage was that I'd been on stage. Because mm. when you mm. litigate, you're on stage. And we've had people come through the firm, young folks that come out of school, and you can tell, like, oh, my gosh, I know I told you I wanted to do this, but I didn't realize I was going to have to get on this in front right. of a judge and yeah. put on this case and have people watch me and – and it is nerve-wracking, yeah. you know? I mean, um, you know what y'all are doing? I mean, I guess you guys, you know... You got, know we got lights in here. Right, no one's watching, <laughs> but it's still, Steve. like, dude, someone's going to listen to you, yes. right? And someone's mm-hmm. going to critique you at some level, right? Mm-hmm. So it takes some sort of, you know, uh, effort to do it. Yeah. And I think that having been on stage since I was, like, 15 oh, wow. made it very easy for me. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm putting on... Especially if you're going to go in front of a jury, you're literally putting on a show at that point. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I'm a judge. You can't really do all the shenanigans. The judge is looking at you, come on, stop. Exactly. You know, like, <laughs> to the point, it's time for you. Please stop. <laughs> you know, the, the, the histrionics are not necessary. And they'll, yeah. and they'll usually call you out on it, too. Oh, really? Yeah, um, a lot of them will. Have you ever been called out? Oh, yeah, please. I got called out just in May. So, oh. <laughs> um, you know, I've been, called out, I've been called by this judge a few times. You know, he's, a, he's an older judge, a retired judge, and he was hearing our case. And, um, and he's just famous for, you know, calling, you know, just being straight up. Like yeah. with time, uh, yeah. judges have become nicer, you know. I mean, oh. yeah. When I was first practicing, I'd go out in these country areas and there'd be the guy with the white hair. And it was just like, you know, I'd be like in somewhere, nowhere, North Georgia. And I'd be like, oh, you know, they'd be like, you know, be big Southern voices. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. And I got used to it. It was a good training ground. But mm-hmm. over time, it's been people are less like that. I mean, everyone wants to be more cordial. It's how mm-hmm. the world's shifted. But yep. he's older, and he's just, that's how he is, you know. And I knew that. And I was just trying to be cute with the witness. <laughs> yeah. And he had, to, he had enough of my cuteness. Yeah. And I wasn't doing anything technically wrong. He just was like. I'm over you. Yeah, just stop that Tone it now. down. Just stop. You know? And I was yeah. like, I wanted to go, but the opposing counsel keeps doing it. You let her do it. Uh-uh. <laughs> but she's cute. She was, actually. She's a woman. She was, actually. I'm, I'm, you know, props to her. And, uh. And I was like, okay, got it. And I remember everybody was like, ooh. I was like, I told you guys, he always calls me out. Like, I can't. He's, he's I got can't, it out for can't you. Do, I right can't by do my him. shenanigans. Yeah. Him, so. It's so funny. Um, I don't know what I would do. And I would just be like, <laughs> well, that's an, that's Well, that's an example. Like, you go out there and you're a young attorney and all of a sudden the judge corrects you and you're like, you know. And so yeah. at some point, like, you know, if you're a musician, you break a string, you learn how to deal with it right You're yeah like, okay you know and so you've learned how to pivot quickly so what do you do when you break a string well usually i just either keep on playing around, just, just minus that the, one the minus string which is a pain in the butt or hopefully maybe if it's, i didn't think that was possible yeah you just kind of avoid it and um or you just wait to the you know you give it to somebody here and i'm just gonna play without this guitar <laughs> just gonna you know dance. like yeah i'm gonna dance now <laughs> that's like, what you just shimmy on the side of the stage it was, like <laughs> we're gonna fix that and come there was back. a time funny you said there was a time where like, i got so used to playing the guitar and singing that i came in guest star with someone i had this to hold the microphone I'm like this is weird right? <laughs> what do you do with my hands <laughs> yeah exactly so <laughs> i had to remember how to sing and do the microphone but um so the same thing if a judge calls you out you have to learn how to pivot you know yeah like, okay you know and then all the training they give you in law school which is very minimal um, I've heard that someone else yeah. brought that up recently Several too. Like, yes. yeah. No. yeah, they don't teach you how to practice, be a lawyer. They teach you how to think like a lawyer. Mm. Boys and girls, if you're going to law school, they teach you how to think like a lawyer. You get brainwashed how to think. 
Yeah. But you don't get the practical experience. And there's this whole big push of trying to make it right. more practical in the schools. But I mean, surgeons have to do it. Exactly. So. Yeah. But they would probably have to add another year to school is probably what the issue is, you know. Mm. And I'm sure there's a, probably a rebellion against that idea. Here's another year of law school loans, right? But um, – but they don't teach you. Like you have to go get – even if you get an internship at stuff, like if you get an internship at a large law firm, you know, you're still going into some, you know, big library just to do stuff. Oh, so yeah, you're, like, you're still probably just doing the research, doing practice, the right? same homework. <laughs> but you, you, don't have, have. you have to learn – so people – some people are born with – like my law partner, John, I think he was just born with the ability to like, oh, someone threw something at me. Dodge, you know. Yeah. Here's my new, here's my new position, judge. Oh, you know? man. But I can imagine, like you're saying, you could just freeze. Like, oh, God. Yeah, I would. I would. I would. I'd be terrified. I'm like, hold on. Let me go back to my desk real quick. Yeah, let me regather my self, I'll be right back. my personality. Um, <laughs> so you mentioned, so your law partner, John, tell us about like how you guys decided to start your own practice together. So 1993, mm. um, I'm back here. I just got out of law school. And I guess I said I was waiting tables, landscaping, not practicing law. And I needed money because things called rent and food. Weird. I know. I hated Inconvenient. it. Inconvenient. Beer. Um, Important. A <laughs> lot of happy hours. I was telling my daughter this one, my adult daughter, I was like, man, there was a time where you could go to like a restaurant like at four o'clock. It'd be like a buffet of free food and you would just have to buy like a beer. And that's what I did. And it doesn't exist anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah, I have not, I yeah, you could have go not to, seen that. Yeah, right? Yeah, there's a, there's a place by at Avalon where we work that does a happy hour where the food is pretty cheap, but it's not. It's not free. It's yeah, not like free. you go to Smith's Old Bar and it'd be a buffet. Yeah. yeah. And you would just like, you just have to drink beer and you would just get cheap beer. And that would be my dinner, right? So It worked. Well, it was great. So I was I got a temp job at um, a very large law firm in town, <clears throat> and uh, and I through a temp agency, mm-hmm. and I met my law partner's wife. She was in the, their work temping too. So she wants to take credit. And Jane, I'm giving you credit for uh, Here starting it is. the firm. Yep. There it is. <laughs> large firm. But she Woo, Jane. we won't edit that out. Yeah, thank you. And that goes to my bonus points right there. And so um, she found out I liked music. She'll tell the story that I would. This is going to be pretty – I would come in with my Walkman <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I would just sit by my little desk and I wouldn't talk to anybody. I would just like, listen to my music. She, she finally was like, I'm going to go talk to this guy. Yeah. So she finally liked music and she finally had a band and she, she brought her husband, who's a big music fan, my law partner, to see my band. And we hit it off. And that's how it started. Really? He's the first friend I made in Atlanta. Like I had friends from you know college, whatever, that were in Atlanta. But he's the first person I met. And Jane too, of course. But he was the first person I met in Atlanta and became friends with. So we've been friends since December of, like, 93. Wow. And we always talked about, like, one day we'll have a firm. One day we should do a firm. One day we should have a law firm. Yeah. yeah. And then one day we did. That's awesome. And what made you decide to make that? Yeah, like, was job. there, like, a pivotal moment where so you're like, no. I, So he had had kids before I did. I had lost contact with him, as one does sometimes. Yeah. And so I had gone to Cartersville. That's my first job. And he had ended up working at one of the boutique law firms in um, Atlanta. And then we went to this big family law seminar, which mm-hmm. you all should go to. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and do your marketing. It's called Family Law Institute. It's in June this year. Great. Love June. It's my birthday month. And it's usually, in, it's usually around Memorial Day, but they had to push it into June. Okay. Amelia Island Beach. Oh. <laughs> we will go back. We will go back to Amelia Island. So um, we saw each other. And we're like, oh, my God. You know, it's been yeah. so long. We hung out the whole time. And then I was like, I got to get out of Cartersville. So I called him and said, yeah. hey, can you help me find a job? And he said, hey, you know, I, I really like this firm I'm at, but I'm thinking maybe it's time to jump ship. And then we just started talking. And so yeah. we did it. It was scary. Yeah. But I had managed the firm in Cartersville. Mm-hmm. So my job at this firm has always been the managing partner, which okay. comes with a lot of, you know, pain in the neck stuff. But that was, that's been my role. And his role has always been because he 
he's from Atlanta. He's more well connected, so he always mm. you know, ro- roped in a lot of cases. And that symbiotic relationship helped us build the firm. Yeah, it's just the two of us. Gotcha. So you guys kind of divide up roles and responsibilities. It was really based easy. On- yeah, it was really easy when we were small too. Like we, you know, we had our growing pains, and then finally one day we kind of just looked at each other, like, okay, I know what you do, and I know mm-hmm. what you do. So I have to accept that's what you do, and I accept that's what you do, and quit worrying about the dollars and cents. And, yeah. And so you know, sixteen years later, we're still together. So, like, does managing partner, does that, like, the management of people within the firm usually fall under that role? Yeah. So, I um, order the toilet tissue and (laughs) I deal with the complaints. But I really don't do either of them. But that's the, you know, the penumbra, the umbrella of it. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. it's all of that stuff. I went, like, you know, it was like, you know, um, so I was HR for a long time and still kind of am. and but you're also you know managing the books, overseeing the bookkeeper, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, all the headaches, all the stuff that people who want to start a business don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Back to me. Ah, yeah, so, and it's fine. Like I said, that's been my role, and I, I and again, it entertains me sometimes when I'm you know like law, oh, yawn, boring this week. Oh, I got to go do this project. Yeah. Um, those days where I'm like, I'm really busy. Why are you having to make me worry about the insurance renewal right now? Oh yes, yeah. So yep, yep. Sometimes, I feel like those are like sometimes simpatico with yeah. kind of how oh, we work yes. too. And I'm like, oh, yep. The bookkeeping, the toilet tissue. I got it. Yes. Yep. Sorry, yeah. I had to write down my plead the fifth question that oh, I just good. thought of. Okay. Um, which you don't know about because you don't know. Right. It's usually or how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you haven't listened to an episode before, you don't I know. I listen to y'all every week. Thank you. That's sweet. It's every Thank other you. week. but No, he I, listens to it on the opposite. He, re- he, he re- repeats I them. Repeat, I listen to it again. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So you can't be an experienced lawyer without picking up a few interesting cases along the way. And yeah, here at Opening Statements, we want to break those cases wide open. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's right. So let's get right into it. What would you say is the most interesting case or cases that you've ever worked on? I have a terrible memory. I'm not sure what to blame that on. Let's leave that for another podcast. It's that buffet (laughs) and beer. We have mentioned already. Um. You know, um, I had a civil case where we fought over a dog. Mm. Um, yeah, it, w- it made the papers in Cartersville. Were they fighting to keep the dog? It wasn't even a family law case. It oh. was it was this case where, yeah, it was like someone had dropped off the dog to the pound, and then these other people adopted the dog. Did the dog play basketball? The dog <laughs> played more than basketball. <laughs> No, buddy, two point yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> but then it was like the people who dropped off the dog wasn't originally the owners, but the owners had left, and the dog was tied to a tree. And so the original owners wanted their dog back, but they were like, "But your dog was at the pound, so it's now my dog." Literally had two hearings over this. Two two hearings over this dog problem. Now. Dogs and family law is interesting because they're just pieces of furniture. Oh, I know it's sad. There was a bill introduced like three years ago where someone where someone was trying to say like dogs should now be elevated in status when it comes to family law, um, but they're just pieces of furniture. So that you know they're not like oh you're gonna you know take the dog back a visitation for times exactly. We've done it. My husband and I yeah. would be having the polar opposite <laughs> like, fight in a divorce. We'd be like, dogs. you get the dogs. <laughs> right. I don't want we the dogs. We have those. Yeah. Like, we would be the opposite. Yeah, like, well, I'll, I'll split time with the dogs. The other party's like, nope. Nope. Don't want to see that dog ever again. I'm not paying for a single vet bill. <laughs> that would be Joe and I. Or this is my favorite. Was like My wife always says, like, we're not fine over the kid. You get the kid. Right? So that might be the other thing. Yeah. So, 
But yeah, like we've had cases also now when I go switch into family law where like people are fighting over, they don't have kids and they're fighting over the dog because it's like they're kids. Yeah. And I'm like, literally, folks, the judge isn't going to care. So no. y'all better solve this custodial parent visitation yeah. time for the for the dogs. Um, so, I mean, I've had some hard cases. I think those are the ones that stick in my mind the most where like that's all you know it'll be sad and depressing not fun for this podcast but yeah so on the the pound puppy yes who got to keep it like how did what the ruling I, have to, I need to go find my articles because i think i have an article over the ryan smith kid too somewhere in like a scrapbook or something scrapbook do people say yes yeah. people scrapbook? still scrapbook wow. they scrapbook yeah it's your journal <laughs> <laughs> it's his oh, diary your diary was, from 1993 i think it was lindley jones i made a joke about scrapbooking like oh yeah you can keep that for your scrapbook or something and she goes like you know i will and i wasn't sure if she was joking or not i, was like, <laughs> I don't think so <laughs> Probably I, couldn't not. Like a, I couldn't tell. Like this big thing with like glue on it. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. Stickers. I'm not sure. I have, I'm not sure I, <laughs> the scissors that cut and zigzag. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not sure. That I get crafty I with have, it though. I have them somewhere <laughs> in a folder. It's turned. They've turned yellow. But um, the it's a Manila puppy. folder. Who got the, the original? With a little string I think on the it. original owners got the pound puppy. They got the dog back that they like yes. neglected yes. and tied to a tree. Yes. So I think they went on vacay and then they were like. We left him outside, and these people were like, you can't leave your dog outside. It's the middle of whatever. Yeah. It's summer. It's also took... tied to a tree who feeds it and walks it. Not tied I to a tree. Tied... I might have exaggerated. Oh, that, it's okay. just like but... loose. Yeah, it was like out in the yard. Which is debatable, too, because what if it got out and right. it like... And then it was like... And then they went to... They got like, here's the dog. And they're like, well... you know. And I think it was like the last day. Like, they think they called the owners. They found out the tag. And they still didn't show up to go get their dog. So, like, there was like a seven-day period... And so it was, now it was free for all. This is this is vague facts. The funny thing is the opposing counsel in that case is still a friend of mine. Oh, really? Yeah, we actually do. You guys like joke about it every now we and again. We haven't talked about it forever. He's actually a judge now, and they'll oh. come in Atlanta, and we'll um, we'll always hang out. Yeah. And, but we, he was the opposing counsel because he was representing the county because it was the county's. It was not the county's right. dog, right? Yeah, it, was the, yeah. it was the pound, you know. And we were suing. I'm like, I can't believe these people are spending money on this. Right. They're like, this is our dog now. That's crazy. We paid for this dog, and we want our money they back. They must have really loved that dog. I think they want. Just, maybe they just want their money back. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, like the pound shots. wouldn't give. The I mean, but how much? I was gonna back. say like how much money is yeah. it to adopt a dog? This is the silliness like mine were like a hundred dollars. Most expensive hundred dollars of my life. Might I mind? Like add, <laughs> keeps after, adding up after year after year. Everything stopped at hundred. Yeah. No, no, all the vet bills and everything. Yeah. The stuff they we joke eat. now like yeah. destroy. The yes, the floors. When they like wood. get yeah. out, I have two pound puppies. I've got a mutt. She's like a black mouth cur, and then I've got like a boxer oh, cool. mix. But yeah, like we joke, like when they do get out and they mm-hmm. run away, Joe's like, "Can I go find him?" So I'm out there going, "Paige, <laughs> Charlie." And I'm like, "Babe, I called. So they didn't come back." Darn. And then they always come back. They're at the front door, like, "Mom," and I'm like, "I don't even know where you went back in New York." Wow. But. She loves her dogs, everybody. Don't, mm-hmm. Please don't hate on this collector. You can also adopt her dogs if you are looking for a new one. Wow. <laughs> They're like They're 100 plus pounds. Oh. Um, one hates, really selling it. Please I know. <laughs> one hates people. One hates dogs. You can't You're take them anywhere. Get rid of them. Who could say no? I know. Sorry. All the animal lovers in my firm, please do not get offended by this podcast. No, <laughs> no. We still have them. We've had them for 10 years. They will. Just waiting on long, them to die. Yeah. Long years. You know, every little white hair they get them. You won't get any more dogs ever again. No. <laughs> we love them. We've experienced them. And, and we're cat we're people now. Yeah. I've got three kids, you know? like They're almost like dogs. Yeah. You know what? 
Cause I think it's a, a lot of capacity. No, no. We we yeah. did have well, we did have a cat for a while, which was Cats probably the best here. pet we ever had. And then my neighbor you, ruined you, that. You underestimate the the love of a cat. I just don't want a, a, a single cat. pet. I have ever a. Again. I have. Oh, you don't have pets? No, like if I, I want to travel or go hamster, somewhere. Goldfish? No, I no. Oh so my god, we had a hamster. No. Yeah, cats are easy. Yeah, cats. Bring them with you. You just no. You can like they. You can like once this week. You can leave food out for cats. And they will eat as they're hungry yeah, they and won't. not scarf it down. Yeah. My dogs, Lord forbid, yeah. somebody left food out for oh, them. Gosh. They would eat until they exploded. Yeah, my dog would just eat. Like my old dog when I was in law school would just eat until it exploded. And he would just be on the floor. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is, yeah, I'm like, you can't trust. No. We I was have like, to, all right. You like, give yourself. No. My mom's allergic to cats, so she'd never come visit, Same which like I think mom. is like a point for my husband. He's like, that kind of sounds like, good. Yeah. 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 Big, Garfield's looking cat. pretty good. <laughs> Long, hair. Long hair. Lots of hair. Yeah. You mentioned, so like you've got these the dog cases that kind of stand out to you. What would you say is the hardest case you've had to work on? Well, those, that's what I was saying. Those are the ones that come to mind easier. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's the one, you know, a lot of times the one with the kids. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's going to be really tough. I mean, I, I had custody cases before and, you know, seen people get really, you know, upset about losing their kids or whatever. But it was the first time I think I'd experienced, um, you know, true, a case where one of the parents had truly had a pathological issue. Like that mm-hmm. was becoming a, a parent. And now I've done tons of them. Oh, really? That's yeah. really sad. Um, you know, and it's just the world. You know, yeah. The yeah. Just, you know, it's just, you know, we we see it more, we diagnose it more. It's out there in the open. I mean, I don't have to tell you all. Um, you know, the world's gotten crazier, for lack of a better word, since COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kids are getting diagnosed with anxiety at, you know, a lot younger age now. Yeah. Which you, when you wouldn't do that before mm-hmm. um, at all. You know, couldn't wrap oh. my head around it a lot of times. Like, you know. Yeah. But it was just heartbreaking. I, I remember um one of the um, events, there were many, many events, but one of my events that always stuck in my mind was that they, they, they went to a, a mall to meet with their, um, with the dad to, like, visit. Like, they're like, we'll meet in the mall. We're trying to figure a way to make it work. There's so many more more psychological support than even 15 years ago mm-hmm. um, now because I can think of how we would Isn't it crazy 2007 was 15 years ago? I know. And it's so, so crazy how much 16? things have moved quickly. Like, yeah. I can see how we would handle it differently. But we're like, okay, how can we make this work? Like, the dad will meet the mall. He'll take him shopping because what kid doesn't love to go shopping? Mm-hmm. And I remember the boy was maybe like 14 or 15. He saw his dad and he ran full speed. And leapt in the air like he was a kung fu guy and kicked his dad in the chest. Boom! Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh, not like in a hug. No. Oh, he wasn't. Oh. Yeah, I saw you like. Oh, oh my god, you said so I did. Sweet. I was no. gonna see no. that no. moment. He kicked his dad's ass. No. <laughs> yeah. Literally, he the way I kung was pictured it was like him. And you ninja were there? style. No. Oh. But I always pictured like it was ninja style. Yeah. Yeah. He, he roundhouse kicked him. Just, yeah. And just bam. And the dad just Finish him. knocked him down. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he ripped his heart out. <laughs> exactly. And then he ate his heart. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on that a kid would feel that much, you know, resentment towards yeah. dad? And now I realized that the mom had created the whole. That's uh, oh, like fed into awful. it. The whole defense had created the whole, what's called alienation. And I'm sure I, I know now that my. My client was probably creating alienating behaviors yeah. to make them not want to, you know. And it was sad because the kid, I think, ended up in, um, like, a, you know, like, a mental hospital for a little oh, while. did it. Because he got depressed. That's when, yeah. she, that's when she lost custody. Oh. Um, and it was hard because I really believed her and I thought she was a good mom. And yeah. Good and so as I've learned more about the psychology of it, I, I always tell people, like, again, like, if you don't want to get into, like, the psychology of people and 
hearing people complain and, and being upset with you, then again, don't do family law because yeah. you're going to get a lot of that. If you want to do it right, yeah. it comes with the territory. But that those those cases, and that was just the one that always strikes in my mind because I think it was my first one where I really was like, well, I don't understand what's happening. She's a good mom. The kids love her. And now I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, lying to you. What, what would you happening? do differently now with, you know, all the knowledge you have I now. think what we would have probably done now is we would have done what's called reunification therapy where we would have gotten a therapist and probably dad would have met the kids in a therapeutic environment instead mm-hmm. of the mall and probably and they might have still been kind of some conflict but we would have someone to be there to guide them through it because I think there was a guardian attached to the case I'm almost positive it was a guardian case at some point I know there was a guardian I think that guardian may have even left like hey okay so I get the mall gonna go home to my kids and then boom this happened behind her back you know um and I, but there's, there, I don't, I don't even remember that service. Even it probably did exist, but I don't think anyone said that back then. You know, and yeah. I come from Cartersville, where we were fighting over dogs and pounds. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, um, you know, and I mean, those cases tended to be simpler at some level. Like, you know, like dad would go for custody. You're like, hey, do you know the name of the teacher? Uh, no. Do you know when the school bus shows up? Uh, no. Do you know when the pediatrician, uh, you know, like, you're not going to get custody, yeah. sir. Like, like oh, do some homework yeah. on your kid. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But he's like, well, she cheated on me. So I want my kids, right? Like, it's like, but do you? So the cases can, tended to be kind of, started becoming like almost samey at yeah. some point. Like, you know, it was like, um, these were the way things were. And I'm sure it's changed even cars so 20 years later. But, yeah. So I got here and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's going on? You know, okay. um, this is so much different. Like mm-hmm. people, you know, so I started brushing up on like that psychology like options, psychology yeah. stuff yeah and starting to like look get back into it so um, um that's what we do differently now I think. yeah on the custody side just because just like tips i i guess maybe trying to take like dad's sides in this like i know my husband would have no idea what time <laughs> the bus comes what his teacher's name is like any of that stuff because it like kind of falls under like my roles and responsibilities like my bucket yeah, in your house, yeah. Yeah, so if you were, like, advising a a husband who came to you and that's kind of his situation, would you just be, like, study, like, figure out the answers, like, be well, prepared? Well, so I do what's called guardian ad litem work now. So um, I, I get appointed is. to the case. Um, I don't represent the kids. Mm-hmm. I'm actually representing kind of the court. I'm the eyes and ears <laughs> of the court. I'm the investigator, and I make a recommendation how custody should be. So I always hold like a like, casa almost. Almost, except casa gets really you know nosy and they're not yeah. trained. Uh-huh. But I mean, so you know, um, and so I, I really have to learn the psychology of this a lot. And probably I drive some of the lawyers crazy with all the psychology of it. But the reality is, like, the judge is like, look. I can have a five-day trial, listen to y'all throw a bunch of stuff up, or I can have Hannibal look at it for six months yeah. and interview witnesses and talk to therapists and talk to doctors and really understand what's going on. Um, and he's neutral. Like, he doesn't have a dog in the fight. He's here for the best interests of the children. That's my job. Yeah. called the guardian litem. And so I used to carry about no more than five cases because it eats up a lot of time. Yeah. Know? And five's actually probably more than I should have if I want to do my job right. Um, and so to your point um, – I don't. Th- I don't try to judge someone because the- you divide labor. That's yeah. what's happened in your household. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't mean he doesn't know how to raise his kids. Doesn't mean that you couldn't leave him for a whole weekend with him. I don't know if you can or not. And that's. You know. I do. Okay. Yeah. I trust him to right. yeah. handle it. But for the most part, you know. But when you know. But like what we're just joking around with about the Carsville mm-hmm. cases is like. I don't try to hold that against people because it's just called division of labor. You can't yeah. just like he can't. You know, like I'm gonna you know do this and my job and you do you know you handle this doctor and you handle. That just doesn't happen, yeah. you know. But I've seen 
people judge hold that against you know usually the dad you know mm-hmm. because yeah. he doesn't you know know it or didn't go to every appointment or right. didn't go to every you know mu- you know musical performance you know yeah um, I mean I did but I mean that does, that's not possible for every dad right yeah. sometimes um, so what I would look at more is as the guardian is to say you know what we're just talking about did you ever do it for a whole weekend you know did you did you did she leave the kids with you you know, do you have an idea? Do you know what the symptoms of your kids are? You know, th- you have to kind of take it back. Yeah. But I, you know, like, a, but if I have a dad because I want fifty-fifty, you know, if I'm a guardian or something, I, you know, and you realize, okay, there was a division of labor problem, but you also know nothing about your kids, then you know, we're back to square one. It's sure. sort of like, does this in fear I should have my kids fifty-fifty? I get that, um, especially again here in Georgia, moms tend to have like kind of a an edge. Edge. Mm-hmm. Um. I get that, you know, but um, in the law and the psychology, and I mean, a lot of people aren't going to want to hear me say this, but I mean, that's where it, it kind of leans toward. There should be a home base somewhere where the kids spend more time. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully with time, the modern dad who's much more involved than the dads ahead of me or even some dads in my generation, it will change. And I hope it does. But right now, there's still that kind of, um, you know, pervasive thought even with psychologists, that, you know, there's just, you know, a, a home base is better than kids going back and forth, and forth. you know, like in every other week, you know, every other yeah. week, you know, yeah. and, you know, well, it seems like the fairest thing, but, you know, like sometimes it's not, sometimes yeah. it's all about, it's just fair to me because I want, I don't want to see my, I want to see my kids half the time, mm-hmm. especially if like someone leaves the other person, like, well, why did they get to leave me and they take the kids? You know? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we had to write, didn't have to, we chose to write this blog article for a client of ours about what was it called? Like bird nesting? Bird nesting, yeah. Bird nesting as like a custody type. Nesting. Mm-hmm. Ne- yeah. yeah. What? For those who don't know, will you explain yeah. what nesting is? Because so it's strange. So basically the theory is or the idea is, is that you don't punish the kids. Mm-hmm. The parents move in and out of the house. Okay. So, yeah. so the kids get to stay in their house, same bed, same thing, the routine they know. And then the parents move Just in change. and move in mm-hmm. and out. Right. So, you know, I've seen it. I have. I saw it happen even in Cartersville, you know. And, again, you know, you would think, oh, you know, they're not going to do that. But, like, if, you know, dad could go to mom's, his mom's house, you know, and then. Oh, sure. Whatever. Like, that's what I was saying. I was like, so are they going to have potentially three, three mortgages yeah. or that's rents? exactly right. You know, like, like, so, like, this works, like, if you have a rental home, like, in Atlanta, if you have a rental home or yeah. someone's got enough money. And so the idea is, and I've, I, we had one case last year where they had been nesting. I'm like, wow, people still, because you can read about it. You can Google it. Look, we're going to nest, you know. Um, and it seems like the fairest thing. It should work. The problem is with like everything. You're talking about human beings and relationships, mm-hmm. and eventually things start to usually rub wrong. Yeah, I'm sure left your leftovers exactly. in the fridge. Yeah, laundry I mean, stuff like you know, that. Yeah, or someone again doesn't think about don't bring your girlfriend over to the you know. Yeah, like wait till you're next week. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, but just someone does starts doing things. Because you have to always remember, like, there's a reason the marriage is falling apart, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, you trust. Right. If it was hunky-dory, you know, we wouldn't yeah. be falling apart. Probably not. Right. So things, you know, it just, you're just still too connected. Like, I had a, early on my career with John, with Hedgepeth Radio, I had a case where they were like, we're going to do Christmas morning every year oh. together. I'm like, hmm. And then the next year he shows up with his girlfriend. I'm like, well, this is why I told you not to do every Christmas morning. But right now, under the current plan, he gets to show up. 
every Christmas morning with his girlfriend. Yeah, with whoever he wants no to. There's no prohibition against it. He could show up with all yeah. three of his girlfriends right. if he wanted to. And that's just, Lord. everyone feels good like a nest or a Christmas yeah. morning, but people are people and things happen and mm-hmm. we do things. We've got problems. Yeah. I would have a problem. <laughs> he would have a problem. <laughs> yeah. She would have a problem. <laughs> all right, break here for our commercial. Do, 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 do. That's our commercial. It's really good. Nice. <laughs> when you listen to your episode, you'll hear it. Yeah. Hang on. I would expect so. White Claw. Yeah. yeah. The proud <laughs> sponsors of. I know. Opening stage. Does White Claw have like a slogan? I don't think it does. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't no it, laws with must. White Claw. No, yes. Ain't that's no that's laws with drinking claws. Slogan, that's, that's what the kids made up. Oh. Because remember Whitney made those custom <laughs> towels and she yeah, made she, those. That's not like an official. No, yes. And she got a cease and desist from White Claw. Wow. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Again. Yeah. She was selling <laughs> hand, like dish, like kitchen towels, like with funny sayings on them. And she had one oh, that was right. White Claw. You know, it was Ain't No right. Laws. You know, I don't even know. I just drink them. Delicious at every sip. <laughs> there you go. You could write it too. <laughs> Definitely. Just a matter of time. Yeah. All right. I was trying to see if there was anything Nothing. on here. There. Um, no. And a hard seltzer a like surge, no other. A surge of pure refreshment. Made pure. That's trademark. Surge. There's made a wave pure. in front on their label, so maybe yeah. it's a surge of pure refreshment. They have <clears throat> um, the white claw surges, which are eight <laughs> percent. Alcohol. I thought the whole point of white claws was low in alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Not the surges. Yeah. Rebecca some was, like, she was yeah, talking to me. She was like, I need yeah. to figure out what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> she's like, something <laughs> like is happening her. with me. <laughs> and then she's like, they're 8%. And I'm drinking <laughs> them like they're out. 2%. Right. You know, or 5%. But. Yeah. Okay. I was not okay. <laughs> I was like, I've had two white claws. What's wrong with me? Lush. <laughs> All right. Here at Opening Statements, we not only value the stories, but we also value the lessons. And we really try to foster a good learning environment for all of our loyal fans. That's right. We want to teach people the things that you can't pick up from just reading a book, but things that you actually learn by putting it into practice and being a lawyer, like after law school, obviously. Yeah, to your point earlier. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. um, what would you say is like one of the most valuable things that you learned in um, maybe I don't know, one of the cases that you talked about? Like the dog, the puppy, the pound puppy, or the, the pound puppy, yeah, or or the custody, the the, the kid, ninja child, the, yeah, ninja, <laughs> ninja kid. That's what he's gonna be called the ninja kid case. Um, lessons I learned from him, yeah, yeah, um, the most valuable that you would pass on. Yeah, I didn't have the greatest examples um, for cases. I have terrible memory. Um, lessons, I think you know, with the um, the custody case. Um, I think it was the beginning of learning to um, detach a bit mm-hmm. from the cases. You know, it's a it's a big skill you have to have um, when you do family law. I, I believe you can't just become your client or even sometimes believe everything they say. You, you have to be a strong advocate, but there's like a higher purpose I feel like in family law because when we leave, those people with their kids have to still raise these kids. Um, Every psychologist, every guardian litem, I think every judge and every good family will tell you, like, a trial is the worst thing you really want to be doing because you're going to throw all that garbage up there. Now you got to turn around, pick up the kids after trial. You still have to see each other. Yep. So I think with that case, and again, I didn't have some of the, the psych, I didn't have some of the psychological background at the time. Um, but I think, again, like I said earlier, I was like, but they love her. She's a good mom. And I would listen to her and I would believe her because I was, you know, I had always 
want to believe my clients. It's like I don't. It's not that I don't believe my clients. It's just that I think you, you have to detach yourself sometimes. You know, and I think you're more effective. And I think that working with your colleagues, you're more effective. And I think you're more effective with the judges and all the other people we work with. If you have an ability to detach, because I think at that time, I remember, and my opposing counsel and I in that case, I haven't had a case in a long time, but he is a great guy. He's a little, a little older guy. And he used to take me to lunch. And, I, you know, he would tell me all these good stories. And he's from New York. He'd tell me where to get pizza in New York. <laughs> but I remember, like, literally getting in his face in the uh, Fulton County lobby. Um, and so much, I was so loud that the deputies had to come out and make sure everything was okay. And what I was getting upset about was because he hadn't turned over his discovery. And I'm sure you all have learned about mm-hmm. discovery doing a podcast. And what I've learned is sometimes you can't make the client turn over their discovery. Mm-hmm. But I was like, this is your responsibility. Yeah. You need to get this to me. I can't do this case. I was, I was getting all in his face. He's like looking at me like, I don't know what you want me to do. And now I realize, like, you know, there's a point where, like, you can only do so much. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to understand you can only do so much. You can have to detach yourself. You know, and I, at some point I was a little bit too ingrained in that case, you know, and so much, like, at some, some level didn't even understand why the kid was ninja kicking his dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I always try to tell folks, because we know we've had a lot of young lawyers come, you know, come through and, you know, some have stayed longer than others. Um and, you know, and I tell people when I interview them, like, if you take this home with you, you're not going to survive. And so I always had the ability not to take it home with me. Yeah. But I think maybe while I was under the clock, I had learned until these cases to kind of pull myself out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Dog case, that was kind of fun. <laughs> I mean, that sounds <laughs> right. Fun. For um, so this this lady, this mom, that's such a good mom, but kind of brainwashed her kids into thinking things about dad. Like, at what point in the case did you realize that that was happening? Was it when this kid kicked his dad? That was kind of the turning point. Yeah. And then eventually, like I said, the, now again I realize. It's so funny. You've, I haven't thought about this case in forever. I'm just talking to you. Now I realize that when he did end up having to go get admitted, it's because he was having issues because of his parents' battles. I, yeah. yeah, I believe yeah. it. That's what it was. He was so torn, I'm sure, at some point. That he was, you know, he probably loved his dad and didn't understand what why he was feeling these feelings. That he eventually, I think he he probably threatened some self harm. Yeah. That's how he ended mm-hmm. up. I, I can't remember the details. And so the guardian comes. Guardian filed her own motion. Was like, we're doing something about this, you know, you know. And we had to go to an emergency hearing in front of this great judge who's retired now. And I'm like, I don't have a card to play at this point. And you know, she's crying and wanting to know what I'm going to do and blah blah blah. But I remember that case also because we people really still didn't text mm-hmm. as much as we do now, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I knew that the judge was about to give him custody and he was going to have to go pick him up. And uh, underneath the table, she was she texted someone to get her kids out of the house <gasps> during the trial. Oh, wow. So that he couldn't get them? I wow. remember getting home and... Uh, I think the guardian called me and said, the kids are gone. I was like, oh, man. I saw her texting. I saw her playing with her phone. I remember, the. I think the, the security, the deputies took the phone, but I think she had just gotten, had gotten, gotten, it, out. gotten it out. Yeah. And wow. this was the stuff she was doing. Yeah. And as, yeah. like, her lawyer, like, you obviously have to do what's in her best interest. Right. Well, that's, that's what I was going to ask. That's like, the problem, right? Yeah. How does so that play in? If you in? have blind advocacy... Which you're supposed to, and I mean, there's going to be a, there's going to be a, there's you can put, hundred people, 
process table for me. They're going to tell me I'm wrong. Because that's what we're supposed to be. You're supposed to be blind advocates, and you're supposed to be the ad- a zealous advocate, not blind. Zealous advocate. Wrong term, everybody. Zealous advocate for your client. Yeah. But I think family law has a higher calling, and you can't. You can't just be a blind, but there's, yeah, especially advocate. when there's kids involved, right. other people. It's like, you know, yeah, like you know, you're making such an impression on like the young kids' lives. There are lawyers, and there will always be lawyers. It's probably becoming less and less that will handle family law in that approach. Mm-hmm. I think it's starting to diminish with time. I've seen it diminish with time. Yeah. Um, but you know, I had to get on the phone with her, and I, you know. It was Telling her, like, you know, I remember because I was home now with, you know, with my first wife and my kid. And I'm like, I don't like, you know, I'm, I should be doing something else now. But I'm like on the deck, you know, telling her, like, you've got, they're coming at, you know, you can't be doing this. Blah, blah. You know, and she finally, you know, agreed. And she went over to the kids where I think the sister had them. Mm. Um, she tried to play dumb with me first, you know. I'm like, oh, I didn't like, know she was gonna, picking them up. We're gonna find them at some point. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, this exactly. is just you want a kidnapping worse. charge right. too? This like, is getting yeah. worse. Yeah. Um, you know, and I hung in there because, again, I believed it. Like, she's my client. I have to hang in there with her. You know, I was like, you know, it was like, and you know, I finally, I finally, I withdrew from the case eventually. Oh, <clears> oh did you? Him. Like. Um, yeah, I mean, partly it was, I mean, you can withdraw it, they're not paying you as well. It was like a combo. And I remember the judge was like, uh uh-uh. uh, we're not letting Hannibal out, which she <laughs> can do. It's very rare, but the judge was like, and she didn't even know me as well. She knows me now. She's like, nope, I need you, and you're going to finish this part of it. I was like, okay. <laughs> I, you know, and I had to stay for like through a mediation or something. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But um, it, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, if you just do it, zealously then you lose the big picture and I, I, again that's just my position on it I mean I think I said get a hundred yeah. people to tell me I'm wrong like you yeah. had extra little parts of that one case is it all wrapped into like the whole umbrella of the case or are they each in like are they uh, their own individual like, like the custody battle like is that it's yeah. own thing versus like distribution yeah because she was like oh you property. have to stay for this part finish this part up so like if if something, if another issue happened, like, would you just automatically have been the lawyer no. that was called? Once you're out, you're out. Okay. Yeah. But if you hadn't gotten out, you would have, they're like, oh, they're back again. You need yeah. to come. Wow. Right. They're arguing over the toaster. Right. You know? I mean, you know, you're, you're not your, you're not the attorney perpetually. Mm-hmm. I always tell people, like, I'm not your attorney perpetually. Sorry. Especially if I don't like you. You're not my attorney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because um, you have to re- re-engage. But yeah. during the case, while I'm on the pleadings, on the documents, I'm the lawyer. Right. To the court, to your opposing sure. counsel, and to your client. <clears throat> I've seen people file their motion withdraw. I'm like, peace out. <laughs> I'm not part of this. You know, I'm like, hey, buddy, you're still on it. You know, we have mediation next week. I'm out. I'm like, no, you're not. No. You know? And I've always told people, like, and they, they'll be, they'll, people will be very respectful, and I'll, but I'll tell opposing counsel, like, I know I'm still in this. I will help you as much as I can. Obviously, I'm trying to get out, and they'll be like, we know. But we we have, understand. We understand, but we have some things. But I've seen people like, peace out. Not gonna, I'm not out. No, you're not until the judge releases you. Right. You're oh, not wow. out. Yeah. You know, the judge has to order you out. Yeah, they have to like approve it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. All right. Very cool. Well, I think that leads us into the last segment. I think it does. Yeah. All right. Woo. So this segment, it's designed to put you, our lovely guest, in the hot seat. It's our closing arguments. That's right. Our closing arguments. Ironically. Because yeah. the show's called opening. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, we gotta have a you saw that cute little. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. So we good. come wow. full circle. Full I like circle. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be playing a game of Plead the Fifth, which you should be familiar with. We're going to ask you. Th- yeah, I've never heard I that I don't do criminal before. law. We're going <laughs> to ask you three hard-hitting questions. Okay. And they will be. 
and you can only <laughs> <laughs> pass or plead the fifth on one of them. One of how many? Three. So one, one of question three. you can say. Pass. Okay. Because I was like, one out of 20. I'm like, guys, that's not fair. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not good odds. I'd like to buy some more. <laughs> I'd like to buy a vowel. So you mentioned that sometimes you have to wear the HR hat in mm. the firm, right? So what would you say is the wildest HR issue that you have had to deal with in your firm? We had a temp who became a perm. And she um, started doing really quirky things and starting to upset our office manager at the time and other people. So eventually we had to, to, to let her go for valid reasons. But while we were dealing with her, she would be like buying John gifts for his birthday. And I was like, John, you should probably just give that back to her. Cause yeah, don't like, encourage the behavior. It's like, you know, you have to be careful about this. So when we, we, you know, when you have that situation, you know, I've been trained like the best thing to do is – End of the day, end of the work week, you gotta see you later. You know, you gotta you move them out because it's gonna cause more problems. Don't don't try to be nice. Let them stay there a week. You know, just yep. pay them for their time, right? So we did, and then we found out she'd been keeping this diary. Oh no! She left her diary behind. She left the diary I behind. Ha- I still have it. And in there, <laughs> in there, she was taking notes on all of us. <gasps> like know, what kind me, of notes? The office manager. It was like there was this derogatory comment toward the office managers, things about John, of course. Um, With hearts around his name. Probably. There used to be a guy who was, uh, who was a judicial officer that would rent from us, and he was like, he'll help me with my problem. They're trying to, I mean, it was very like journaling. She was journaling. She was, and it was like her inside monologue. You, you were paying her to journal. <laughs> she was inside monologue yeah. out, out and about, and we're like, wow, like, you know. So then we were like, we should be a little concerned if she shows up again because she was obviously not. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I had to deal with all that because it was it was like you know, and nobody likes the conflict of letting somebody go. Yeah. So I, I always tell people I've been firing people from bands since I was sixteen. So I've been doing it for a long time. So I'm always the guy who has to go in there and tell somebody because you know it can be volatile. It, can be it angry, could. But, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's hard to remember because we had this series of. Um, uh, older temps. It was a receptionist position. Yeah. And it was one that would like take home. It wasn't her. I remember she would take home all the shredding for cat litter. And we're like, okay. <laughs> you know, it was always like these funky things they were doing. But um, I think once she made perm, she just got real bossy. You know, she was like trying to take over stuff. We're like, that's not your job. You're just a receptionist, you know. And she just started getting confrontational with a lot of the employees. And we're like, this is a problem. Oh, uh, Yeah. But then there was the other stuff where we were like, I think there's something with this John thing. John, John's going. in danger. <laughs> yeah. It's like Hannibal. Oh, like, yeah. All right. Got to go deal with it. Let's figure out how we're going to do this. What's happening? We need to have a reason we're letting, you know, actually, in Georgia, you don't have to have a reason. No, so, so you yeah. see it. You, know, you mm-hmm. probably learn that too in this podcast. But, you know, you want to like have it all you know, set up, you know. Um, You'd like to have some reason. I mean, I could probably come up with more, but I mean, it was just funny because we had this string of like temps. We were like, all of them were just kooky. Yeah. And I, get <laughs> them all, a, I get them all confused. A new. Toenails. That was something with toenails. Why would you ever see someone's toenails? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, there was some toenails. That gives me such anxiety yeah, was, to think it about. It was not good. It was like, ma'am, seat. you need to put your shoes on, please. <gasps> um, she like clipping them? Fall, fall, yeah, there was some Twilight falling out of a chair. It was like crazy. Um, we're gonna get sued now. <laughs> Toenails is coming for you. Have you ever been requested to represent a family member and you declined because you just didn't like them or didn't want to get involved? I have never been asked to do that. No, really. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. I've been asked to uh, represent uh, friends, and I have been blessed that friends have been very respectful. Yeah. And have handled it very well. It doesn't always go like that. A lot of lawyers will not represent friends. No. Yeah. And, Even in like uh, a traffic court. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've 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 done one traffic court, I think, thing. But I mean, no, I've never said no, and all my friends, have, well, friends of friends, have been very respectful. Like they'll have my cell, like they they haven't used it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I've been very lucky. Yeah, like they've all been like, okay, you're my lawyer during nine to five, and then we're friends sure. afterwards. So. That's really cool, especially I feel like in a if it's family <clears throat> law too, where it's so emotional, it's, it could be difficult. I've been really. I remember one of them was a, a, a former. Uh, we were colleagues at a firm, and then I represented her, and she said, "You know, I had your cell, and I never called you." I, said, I know you did, and I really yeah. appreciate. It. I, I really, and she goes, "I just, I wanted you to know that I respected that." This was this time, and this was this time. Yeah, I'm that's cool. Play. So I've been lucky. This isn't always like that. You can imagine. Yeah, that's good. Your friend's calling you on Saturday, 2 p.m., 2 a.m. Yeah, can me. you believe what he just right. did? You're like, can we just Like, you could this? never represent me because <clears throat> I would be texting you the whole time everything that's happening as my friend and then be like, oh, yeah, by the way, don't forget to bring this up in court. Yeah, he <laughs> all brought back up. You're on the clock always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. Last one. Last one. Uh man. What is the last law you broke and it cannot be anything to do with traffic? <laughs> Don't be boring. Well, I can plead the fifth, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. if you want to yeah. lose, yes. If I want to lose, what am yeah. I going to win? Nothing. Fabulous. The, the right to know that you didn't lose. The only one who's never lost. It can't be traffic? Or... No, no that's such a ever. lame excuse because I was like, oh, I kind of like did a rolling stop at the stop sign out there. I yeah. went through and, like, and the light was <laughs> might have been on red. Boo. I turned right on red. <laughs> yeah. Boo. <laughs> no. Um, no one's ever. I mean, unless it was like a hit and run thing. or something pretty cool. Then maybe. Have we ever had someone <laughs> maybe paid their fifth? Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. On we this have- question? No, not no, not on this question. question. No, no I think, have, we have had yeah many people bleeding the fence. I don't actually think that's true. I think we, if we had any, I think we've had one. Yeah, I don't think we've, we've had, had many. Several. Because I'm always annoyed. Well, that you're they going back them. and you're watching every, every episode, one. and you're I gonna. Find... I think really? Paul Simon yeah. did. I just want to let y'all know that. Yeah. Well, I think Paul did. I think yeah. he would have been the first loser that we had. Wow. <laughs> that's gonna be edited. <laughs> <laughs> like his golf winner. swing. I said winner. Can you edit it over? <laughs> Law? Yes. I mean, I'm sure just this driving over the influence count. I'm sure. I'm, you know, over the influence? I've never heard over that. The influ- <laughs> I've never heard that. <laughs> no, it's not. I was driving over the influence. <laughs> Yeah, I was I'm driving over the influence are. of booze. I was just <laughs> driving over it. Just like running over That's the white claw cans. <laughs> I would imagine... That, you had uh, a little bit too much. I would have certainly imagined. You know, my generation thinks we could drive. Your generation, God bless you, is like, Uber! Yeah. <laughs> right, when in doubt. Uber. Not, well, the famous people younger than you, they don't even drive anymore. It's no. like, Uber! Yeah, Uber. a lot of the younger Uber. people don't, they just don't drive. Mean, we had people Uber to job interviews. I'm like, you, do you have a car? Yeah, that's like, that's, that's going to do. Yeah, but that they may not. Some yeah. Of those, some of those. So you're just going to Uber some of those every day? Gen, it sounds Gen expensive. Gen Z's don't need cars. 
Like, no. They just want to ride their scooter. Right? Well, <laughs> their bird. Maybe if but, we were like in Atlanta, yeah, on their little bird. Remember when we joint rode a bird? I do. <laughs> Ooh, I don't think it's recommended. No, Probably not. <laughs> there was you, alcohol consumption. There's people my age who are like, if you cover one eye, then you can drive your car. And it's like, you know, like, so yeah. yeah. It's just kind of like, I've done it for 25 years. That's your test. Yeah. I've <laughs> you done, drive with like the, as long as you don't hear, you're doing okay because you haven't like hit the sign. I've been practicing driving drunk for 25 years. I can drive home. That's what it's like. So I'm certain. That I'm not. I mean, I'm not even certain. I know 100. percent It's like I can get us home. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, mm. I mean, I haven't murdered anybody yet. That's good. There you go. Yeah. That's good. I like that you're saying yet, though. Still, leave, leave I mean, I want to leave the possibilities open. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of life yeah. left to live. Don't close any doors. I, so. yeah. <laughs> I got responsibilities. And someone else. <laughs> no. I got responsibilities. <laughs> okay. Well, well he won. Thank you for joining us on well, this week's me. episode of Opening Statements. Yeah. Um, everyone, you guys can check us out at HyperChat Social. We're on all the social media channels. Remember to give us, please, a five-star review everywhere that you listen to podcasts. We will catch you next time. Case, Case closed. closed.